And so Grant Rowe, I met him my freshman year at the University of Arkansas. I didn't know a soul going up there. I quickly met Grant my first week. And you'll see quickly, he's, he's almost my same height. He is actually an, a half of an inch taller than me. And so we were quite the force. There you go. We were quite the force on the basketball team. And we would, an intramural basketball team there at University of Arkansas, we won, we won some football. We, won, we, were, we were all over the place. So we'd study together. We connected over sports. But what set Grant really apart is that he was so driven, so focused, not just in school, but he was so driven and so focused to honor the Lord in that college setting. And that's not the norm, at, especially at an SEC party school. It's just not the norm. It's not easy to continue to follow Jesus in college. And so Grant, he held the line. He never, he never wavered. And sure, he's not perfect, but he me and, and his roommate his freshman year and a bunch of other people would go out every weekend and just do what college kids do who don't know the Lord. Not good stuff. But he never, never, never succumbed to that. He never did. And uh, he would take me to church our freshman year. He would take me to this little event we had on Wednesday nights. It's called One Hour. And it was just college kids going after Jesus. And I would go and I would show up. And I didn't really want to be there, but I loved Grant. So I wanted to respect and honor him. And I was just telling him this morning that I remember one moment with a worship song that it really, it marked me. I didn't even, didn't have language for it, but it wouldn't be years after that, that now every time I hear that song by David Crowder, I, it takes me right back to that moment in that room where I was like, well, maybe, maybe God loves me. I hear this song, maybe he loves me. And I, I know that he does now. And so Grant was relentless in his pursuit of the Lord. He was steadfast. He didn't compromise. I was drawn to the light about him. Um, even in a time when I couldn't put language to it, or I didn't even believe in the true light of Jesus that was in him. You'll see there that we, uh, we became roommates our sophomore year, and I kind of had the choice. There was a fork in the road for me. I could have gone with Grant and his group of friends who were pursuing the Lord the best they knew how. They were holding the line. Or I could have gone with his other roommate the freshman year um, who wasn't. And within the first week... The Lord actually had me get arrested um, for having a fake ID and other things. The Lord was really after me that first weekend, but it, I didn't choose the right way. I went the other way with the, the other group of friends. And so we were living four feet across from each other that whole year. But it's amazing. You can live so close in proximity to someone, but never have a real relationship with them. So our relationship fell apart. It, there was no, we never got in a fight or anything. It's just we, I shut him off in my heart. And I have no clue how he felt. I can't even imagine, because uh, he, you know, he thought I was going to be, I'm sure, like, the Lord was going to get me. And I, I know he didn't give up praying for me. He didn't give up holding the line. And then two years later, he sees me at a worship conference after I'd gone through the, a living hell and then a, an experience in a hospital that, that brought me back to life. And he said he knew right away when he saw in my eyes, he knew I was different. He knew that the Lord had met me. And uh, so Grant is a living hero of mine. And I feel like even just this little testimony before he shares, we can be living heroes to people. And it might be two, three, 10, 15, 30 years down the line where they're like, Patrick held the line. He didn't give up. He didn't stop falling after Jesus when it got hard. That could be our story too. So let's be like Grant. 
have a short dream to share, and then we're going to invite him up. And so this was in the summer of 2017 when we were considering candidates for who would be our next worship leader, our next worship director, and specifically in the context of the prayer room. And we know now it's Rachel Dorth, but there were other candidates, and we were like, Lord, you got to be clear, this is a big mandate that we're going to invite people to sing and pray and worship throughout the week when no one's here but you. And we have to try to convince people and that it's worth it, and it's like, it's a holy task <laughs> and a noble task. Like, it needs to be the right person. And so we got a, Rachel's name from a, a contact in Kansas City, and we didn't know much about her other than a few sets that we remember watching. And um, I had a, a vivid dream in the summer of 2017, uh, just considering all the candidates. And the dream was that same picture from before where Grant and I are standing in our, in our room, the room where I would wake up every morning, usually with a hangover or usually with a fear of, of uh, my life crumbling that next day because of the addiction I was in. That same room, I woke up in the dream, but it was, it was like, it was the present day reality of Kyle where I knew Jesus loved me and I was, and I was, uh, I was in it. But so what told me, other than the feeling I had when I woke up in the dream, was that there were pictures of me on my dorm um, little table where my computer was. And it wasn't old pictures, it was new pictures of me and Brooke, it was pictures of me smiling, it was pictures of me free. So I was like, wow, this is cool. It was the same, same dorm room. <clears throat> and I go over to the bed across from me, and Grant's sitting there, and he's reading a book. And the book is titled Holiness by Rachel Dorth. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So he just shares. He's like, yeah, there's this awesome book talking about holiness. It's from this, this girl up in Kansas City. She's a rock star. So I woke up from the dream, I was like, okay, God, you used someone who's a hero of mine who represents you beautifully to endorse a candidate and say, this is my choice. And obviously there was other confirmations and she's a no-brainer, but that for me, I was like, okay, holiness, we're going to know the holiness of the face of Jesus, we're going to know many other things through Rachel, but that, that's what the Lord is highlighting in the dream. And so I feel like, I know there's going to be a deposit, and I won't waste any more of his time. I know we're going to be uh, so blessed by him. So let's give a hearty welcome to Grant Rowe coming in from University of Arkansas. He's not there anymore, but that's where it's going. All right. Well, I guess I got to live up to that now, right? Think back to the moment that you first came to know the Lord. Was there a person along your journey? Maybe you don't know the Lord right now. Maybe, maybe you are wondering, Lord, what is this whole faith thing? I'm trying to set up my Apple Play so that you can see what I see here. Let's see here. Great. All right, there we go. Um, think back to the moment that you first encountered the Lord. Were you introduced to the Lord by somebody? Was there someone that prayed for you? Was there somebody that introduced you to the Lord? Maybe there's somebody that is that annoying friend, and you're just you just were drug here this morning. Um, but man, 
the Lord still uses people. The, still, the, the Lord still uses prayers of people. And I just want to encourage you, whoever the Lord's put on your heart, whoever the Lord's asked you to sow into, do it. Because every seed will not return void. Amen? Amen. I have a word that, um, that the Lord gave me for this church. And please take it to the Lord. Um, but I just want to declare this over River in the Hills. As I was, I've never been to Austin before. Actually, I've been once. But I didn't get to come in the Hill Country. And my gosh, you guys are blessed. Hill Country is beautiful. I was just so struck. I mean, the building codes are really strong here. Like, every building looks the same. And, uh, man, just the, just the, 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 the lake and the, the beauty. And, but I was struck by the unique um, placement of River in the Hills. And I just want to, I just want to read what, what I feel like the Lord put on my heart for you guys, if I can do that. The headwaters of a river are small tributaries. The rainfall and melting snow feeding these tributaries supply the river downstream with enough volume to ensure that the river never runs dry. The prophetic assignment of this church is to supply the headwaters with sufficient rain to ensure the lower elevations are adequately nourished. Rainfall in the scripture is an outpouring of the Spirit by God's grace in response to the fervent prayer of of Christ's people and His collective body. River in the Hills Church... Your, your, your intercession will nourish the city of Austin with spiritual rainfall that will create fertile ground for God's kingdom to be planted. Your ministry to this region matters significantly to the Father. God will raise up men and women born of the Spirit from this house, those who are consecrated to prayer, fasting, and the purposes of God for this generation that will shift the spiritual climate of Austin. Don't grow weary, for the enemy knows that this is the assignment that the Father's placed on this house. And he will rise up to attempt to divide you from his purpose. But take courage because the Lord will overwhelm the enemy through the prayers and the praises of his children. May, the, may God's favor and his blessing rest upon this River in the Hills Church. Can we pray over this word? Father, we just, we just receive what, um, what you've delivered in the Spirit. We thank you, that God, that you are creating uh, men and women born of the Spirit in this place that will water this region with the rainfall of heaven. May you pour out your spirit in greater measure. And even t- this morning, God, may you pour out your spirit. God, may we not be reluctant or resistant to what you want to do. If you want to do a new thing this morning, God, may you do that. And I pray, Father, that every person that walks in this place with dead things would leave having them resurrected. That every person that walks in this place needing something Maybe even it's proof that you are real. May they leave this place knowing, God, that they can trust in you and in your leadership. We trust you, Jesus. We bless you. And it's in your name that we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Do you receive it? All right, let's jump into the Word because I want to have enough time at the end for a response. I'm going to briefly mention this and and then we'll just move on, okay? There's... I, got, I brought a card with me. It has a picture of our family. I was joking with my wife the other day. I said, babe, look, we're the fridge people now. So please take, a, take, take one of these. It has a picture of my family, um, which is right here. Yeah, that's a picture of my family. Um, that's my wife on the left. Her name is Afsana. She's half Iranian, half Mexican. I call her my Erexican. And 
we love each other a lot, and so we had a little baby. He is 22 months old. His name is Simeon, and uh, he was named after the man who was praying fervently in the temple in Luke chapter 2. And um, love that little guy. Um, on the back of the card, it'll have uh, information about how you can stay in contact with us. Um, we're about to move to Cape Town, South Africa to plant a church. This isn't a, a, our idea. This is God's idea. And so we receive prayers, and uh, we also receive money. Amen. And so uh, we also have pledge cards. Um, if, if, you, if God feels, if, if you feel led, if God leads you to, to partner with us, we would be honored to do that. And we have pledge cards out there that you can fill out, and we'll be in contact with you. Okay? Enough about that. Let's get to the Word. Um, in 2012... I may have been, um, I may have been, uh, I may have known who Jesus was, but here's something that that I that I that I, I think about often. I wasn't following Jesus, but I was actually asking Jesus to follow me. In 2012, I was about to graduate from the University of Arkansas. And I was about two or three months away from moving to Memphis, Tennessee, because I was going to be, become an optometrist. I had my plan figured out. I mean, I was going to make the six-figure six income. I was going to work like 8 to, to 4.30, have the cushy you know, job. I was going to have enough time for family. And then the summer of 2012 hit, and there were three significant things that happened that summer. Number one, I met this beauty. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number two... I met a man named Monty Henderson who will come into the story a a little bit uh, down the road. And number three, God reminded me of the call to full-time ministry that he had placed on my life almost 10 years earlier. And he confronted me with the story of Abraham. And in the story of Abraham, if you remember that Abraham had two sons. One's name was Isaac, the son of promise, and one son was named Ishmael the son that was birthed of the flesh. He said, Grant, Ishmael is optometry school, metaphorically. It's something that you can birth in the flesh. It's something that you can produce in your own. But I'm asking you to embrace your promise, something that only I can produce, something that only I can bring about in my own power and in my own timing. And what's interesting is if you look at those two sons, God blesses both of those two sons. Before he sends Ishmael off, the son of the flesh, he blesses him because God is a good father and he will bless us. But he led, he led me to this crossroads moment and I knew that if I was going to follow the call that the Lord had placed on my life, I was going to have to embrace the promise. So in 2012, God began putting me on a journey and here was the journey. Will you follow me and not ask me to follow you? And may, and may I dare say that some of you in this room this morning feel tempted, and I still feel tempted to follow something other than Jesus. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's control. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your family. But I feel like the invitation to River in the Hills this morning, collectively, but to us individually, is will we not just ask Jesus to follow us and bless the plans that we have, but will you allow the Lord to lead and His leadership can be trusted? Will you allow Him to lead 
and follow him. So here's the big idea I want to share with you guys this morning. Those who follow the path of Jesus are led by the voice of the Spirit. Those who follow the path of Jesus are led by the voice of the Spirit. God led me on this, he's, he's been leading me now on this seven-year journey, and, I've, I, and I've, I, I'm, I'm learning every day how to not just ask the Lord to bless the plans that I have, but to actually follow the plans that He has for me. And in 2012 was the first time that He spoke to me about what we're about to step out and do this summer, and that is to move our family to Cape Town, South Africa, alongside one of my dear friends, Monty Henderson, and plant a church in Cape Town called Numa Life. Numa is the is the Greek word for breath or spirit. And it was birthed out of out of the it was inspired by Genesis chapter 2 where it says that God had created man but it wasn't until he he breathed his breath into him that he came alive. And I would dare say there are many people maybe even in Austin that are living but they're not alive. Until God's breathes his breath into our body by his spirit and allows us to come alive. Not just just not just living but to come alive in the purpose for which he created you. And you may be wondering, man, how do I apply this to my personal life this morning? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a couple things to you, okay? And maybe, maybe you, you can find yourself in the same journey that I have found myself in over the past seven years. And maybe, just maybe, you will feel the invitation this morning to follow Jesus. So let me read this list. So, let me ask you, who are you following? Okay, those who want Jesus to follow them, number one, they make plans and then ask God to bless them. Number two, they make decisions without first seeking God's perspective. Number three, they allow the opinions of people to influence their decisions more than the voice of the Holy Spirit. And number four, they spend more time planning than they do praying. But let me, let me tell you about those who follow Jesus. And there are many of you in this room that this is you. Number one, they refuse to make plans without God's input for your career, for your family, for your finances. Number two, they refuse to make decisions without God's perspective. Number three, they refuse to allow the voice of the Spirit to be drowned out by the voices of people. And number, five, and number four, they spend more time praying with God than planning with men. In 2012, I was a young man who had a relationship with God, but I wanted Jesus to follow me. He sent me on a seven-year journey that I'm still on to teach me how to let go of control and allow God to accomplish far more through me than I could have ever accomplished on my own. And so this morning, I want to share with you what God's taught me over the last several years and these four principles that I'm about to share with you, hopefully will help us get out of the way of ourselves and let Jesus lead. The pro- there's, a, there's a verse in Proverbs that, I, that, I, that I, I, I meditate upon, I think about often. It's, it's Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. And it says this, There is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. Dare I let me let me put it this way. Have you ever made a decision that later you regretted? There's a path that seems right, but in the end it leads in, to death. 
whenever we went to the buffet, you know, last week and we pigged out on 4,000 calories, it seemed right in the moment to go for the extra piece of pie, but it ended in physical death. (laughs) But here's the word of the Lord to us. Father, you make known to us the path of life. You fill us with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And so, how do we get out of the way and allow God to lead us? How do we get out of the way and let God lead us? And I believe that following the path of Jesus is characterized by these four truths. And I want to use the story of Abraham, that's played an instrumental part in my life, to kind of serve as the backdrop of this morning's message, okay? And here's, for those of you who don't know the story of Abraham, let me give you a little context so that we'll be able to, to, to be on the same page, okay? So Abraham was called of God. There was nothing really that special about Abraham other than God had marked his life. He had given Abraham a promise, and he said, Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants so numerous that they will be as numerous as the sand on the shore, as numerous as the stars in the sky, and all of your descendants will be blessed. But this blessing won't just be for you. It's actually going to be, you're going to receive a blessing so that you can bless the nations of the earth. And there's coming a day, and I believe we're living in a moment where we're seeing the Abrahamic blessing come to full fruition. There's coming a day where every nation on the earth will be blessed through your descendants. Physical in the Old Testament, spiritual in the New Testament. But here's a little problem. What happens whenever you're given a promise from the Lord that your descendants will bless the world, but you don't have a son. Oops. God, you're missing something. How is this going to work? This doesn't make any sense. And so, I think Abraham had a, had a crossroads moment, just like many of us may have a crossroads moment. Whenever we come up to a place where God has given us a promise, But the circumstance surrounding the promise is indicative of the fact that it leads us to to think this. God, how in the world are you going to bring this about? We have one or two choices to make. We can either trust God for the impossible, for Him to do what seemingly it doesn't look like can be done. Or number two, we can take matters into our own hands. We can take matters into our own hands and try to accomplish in the flesh what was supposed to be, supposed to be birth of the Spirit. And what I want, what, I, what my prayer is for you guys is, to, is for River in the Hills and for you in, in, as an individual to be people who are born of the Spirit, sustained by the Spirit, and completed in the Spirit. Amen? So how do we follow the path that the Lord lays before us? Number one, I think this is essential. Number one, we have to prioritize the promise, what we've heard, before the provision, what we can see. If you want to get pithy, okay, the Lord provides where He guides. The Lord provides where He guides. Whenever Abraham received that promise, he had to hold on to what he had heard, that he and his lineage would be a blessing because what he saw didn't make any sense to what he had heard. And it made me think about the psalm. Psalm chapter 119 verse 105 says, Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light for my path. I've never seen this before, but, but notice what illuminates the path is God's Word. Our ability to see clearly spiritually and, and for the future of our life, our ability to see clearly depends upon our ability to hear clearly. If we don't hear, if we don't, if we don't discern what the Lord is speaking to our hearts, then God forbid we begin to live by sight and not by faith. But we are called to be people who have the eyes of our heart enlightened. Did you know your heart has eyes? We're, we're, we're to have the eyes of our heart enlightened so that we can see in the Spirit. We don't need to just be an echo in the earth. We need to be a voice from heaven. We need to be a voice from heaven saying, God, I see this in my spirit. It doesn't make sense because of the, of the circumstances that I've been placed in. But you've given something in my spirit. The eyes of my heart see something. And I want to hold steadfast to what you've allowed me to see in my spirit. Our ability to see clearly depends upon our ability to hear clearly. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. What has the Lord spoken to you? Maybe he hasn't spoken anything to you. Well, but what, what, maybe, maybe you ask him the question this morning, God, what do you want to speak to me? What's a promise you want to give to me for my family? What, where are you directing me, God? We have to prioritize the promise before the provision. You see, whenever, whenever we stepped away from our, our paid salary positions on staff at, on a church four months ago, we stepped away because we felt like it's what we saw in the Spirit. It's, 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 what, it's what we knew the Lord had spoken to us. And we stepped away with a special needs son, and I, I, I don't have time to fully go into that. We, we stepped away with a with special needs son. My wife had no job. And I had no salary coming in. But I knew that the Lord had told us to take a step of faith and to begin the preparation season for us to, t- to, to step out and go to Cape Town. So we're in a season where I'm just doing itinerant ministry, and we're in a season of fundraising. But I knew the Lord had spoken, and He's been faithful to provide every single thing that we have needed. He's been so faithful, because where God guides, He provides, I promise you. The second thing that I want to show you Second principle in following the path that the Lord lays before us is allow God to make it happen. Allow God to make it happen. Where, G, where, where God directs, He is faithful to lead. You see, Abraham got impatient in the waiting and he took matters into his own hands rather than trusting God to make it happen. And whenever we, again, whenever we come to that crossroads moment and when we feel tempted to try and bring it about in our own power, may we remember. May we remember that it's only what God births in the Spirit that can be completed in the Spirit. Galatians says it like this. Let me, let me put it this way. After st- and this is Paul correcting the church at Galatia because they were attempting to complete something in their own power that was initiated by the Holy Spirit. He, said, he says this, After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You see, the things that, the, that God births in, in the Spirit and of the Spirit in your life will only come to pass by Him. Why? Because He gets the glory and you just get to be a participant in the goodness of what He's doing. Amen? 
like, we are really good sometimes, okay, if I can step on a toe or two, mine included, we're really good at sometimes of trying to steal God's glory, but he's saying, will you just simply be our mirror that reflects my glory back to me? How do we do that? Allow him to bring about what he's spoken. Amen? Amen. Oh, come on, y'all. I'm, I'm preaching up here. Man, whose strength are you relying on? Whose strength are you relying on? If you are really being honest, deep down inside, are you relying on your own strength to bring about something that God has spoken to you? Let me encourage you this morning. Fall upon the arms of Jesus and allow Him to be the strength that pulls you through it. Amen? Amen. The third thing that I want you to see, the third thing that I think is key in following the path and trusting in the leadership of Jesus is this. Think upon, meditate upon, dwell upon God, not the problem. Woo, this one's hard. What we meditate upon magnifies. If I had a magnifying glass and I was holding it upon something, the longer that I stare at it, the more it becomes all-consuming. I was flying from L.A. to, to XNA a couple years ago. XNA, sorry, you have no idea what the, where, where that is. Um, that's, the air, that's the little regional airport uh, where I'm from in, in near Fayetteville, Arkansas. I was flying from, from, from Los Angeles, LAX, to, to XNA. And, the, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And he said, he said look out. Open up the window and look out. I opened up the window and I looked out and we were flying over the Rocky Mountains. Have you ever stood next to a, like a really big mountain before? How did you feel in that moment? So small. I mean, you're looking up and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and then you think about what Jesus said. Like, like if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could tell that mountain to be thrown into the ocean. You're like, okay, what, how does that even work? You know, like that's a really big mountain. It seems so formidable. It seems so... But as I was flying over the Rocky Mountains, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And he said, that mountain that you were standing next to that seemed so big a second ago, look what it looks like to me. And in that moment, God granted me perspective. And many of us, we've been thinking about the problem. We've been meditating. We've, 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 took, we've taken our magnifying glass and we just stared at that lack of healing, or we've been staring at that issue that we've been dealing with, or we've been staring at that lack of finances, or we've been staring at that issue, that, that sin, that weight that Pastor Glenn was talking about earlier. We've been staring at it for so long, and Jesus this morning is lovingly saying, what you meditate upon magnifies. So will you magnify the Lord? Psalm ch- chapter 34 says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Hold up your magnifying glass to me. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Ten days ago, I was sitting in the embassy, sorry, the consulate of South Africa in Chicago, Illinois. And we had spent, you know, lots of money to fly my family up there. We all had to appear before the consulate. I st- I, I have all my paperwork. I'm like, yeah, here, place it before the desk of the person that, that was going to be taking it. And I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm here to apply for a visa for South Africa. And she looks at me and she said, sorry, sir, we're no longer applying or we're no longer taking visas for that, for that particular um, type of, of visa anymore. Okay. I said, can you at least like just 
take my paperwork? I mean, I, we flew all the way up here. Like, can you just look at it? And she's like, I mean, I, I can look at it if you want me to just give you a decline letter. I can right now, or I can save you the, the money and, 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 or save you the worry and not have to go through it. Okay. All right. I started freaking out in my heart. Freaking out in my heart, okay? So we're in Chicago for two days, and we got my little 22-month-old son and my wife, and, and we're, we're like, we're so anxious, we're so worried. We leave the consulate, we go back to our room, and I receive a message on Facebook randomly, okay? Don't even know these people. I know, I know one of them. There's this old friend, and she sent me a message, and she said, hey, this couple is going to Johannesburg, the capital of, of, of South Africa. They're going to Johannesburg to plant a church. You should get to know each other. Start messaging this guy. They had just went through the exact same process that we went through. The exact same process. They had tried to go to the consulate in New York. They told them the same thing. And they said, actually, they're still issuing that visa type at the embassy in Washington, D.C., so I'll get to that part of the story in just a second, so I'll have to leave you in, in suspense. The last thing that I want you to see is this. If we're following Jesus and not just following ourselves, we must hold steadfast to what we have heard until it becomes what you see. There's a persistence quotient that we have to develop as believers in Christ. There's a persistence that we have to develop to not let go of what we've heard until it becomes what we see. Because if we, if we let go of what we've heard until it becomes what we see, then what we've seen will never come to pass. But if we hold on to what the Lord has spoken, He will be faithful to bring it to pass. Abraham waited 25 years. He was given a promise at 75, and he did not, have birth, he did not give birth to um, Isaac until he was at 100. 25 years. The Lord first spoke to me about South Africa seven years ago. Okay. I didn't have to wait. I didn't have to wait as long as Abraham. But there's something about developing a persistence, fellow believer. There's a, there's there's a, there's something about developing a, a persistence in the spirit that allows us to follow the path of Jesus. So I get the message that we have to go to the embassy. Call up my friend who is a frequent flyer and say, hey, can we borrow some miles? She booked a plane ticket later that day. We got on a plane Wednesday, four days ago. We flew to D.C. We appeared before the guy. His, his name was Mr. David. He was, a, he was a nice guy. Mr. David. We appeared before Mr. David on Wednesday, laid out all the paperwork and said, here, we're here to apply for you know, the visa. And he said, I need the, these eight pieces of, of, of information, and I need it all notarized. We're flying out on Friday, okay? Are you serious, Lord? Okay. I'm holding on to what you said until it becomes what I see. Okay, so go back to our, our Airbnb in Washington, D.C., and we start praying, and we start doing a lot of work. <laughs> Go back the next day. I put the put all the paperwork in front of Mr. David. Said, "Sir, we got everything you've requested." He looks at us. He smiles. He takes out his stamp. Goes to my wife's application. Goes to my son's application. He puts all of it through. He puts all of it through. And before we leave, he looks at me. 
and he says, this, this, this paperwork shouldn't have any issue going through. Like seven days earlier, we, were, we, were, we had just spent tons of money to go up to Chicago, and, and, and a representative looked at us and said, sorry, but I'm telling you, if the Lord, if the Lord has told you something, hold steadfast until what you've heard becomes what you see. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 4, verse, 20, or verse 18 through 24. And if the team wants to come up, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. Romans chapter 8, it says this. Oh, this is so good. This is so good, guys. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew even stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Because, because why? He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises. And the God of Abraham is the God of today. Amen? We can be fully convinced that what God has spoken, he is able to complete. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too. Reassuring us that God will count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Amen? Amen. Those who follow the path of Jesus are led by the voice of the Spirit. I want to make this really applicable to you this morning. Are you following Jesus or is Jesus following you? What is that action that you feel like you need to take today, now, to surrender control to the Lord? Have you been following Jesus or have you been asking Jesus to follow you? Because whenever you embrace that path, Whenever you allow him to complete in the spirit what's, what was initiated in the spirit, what a journey it will be. It takes complete trust in his faithfulness, and he will do what he said he's going to do. I wrote out a prayer that I want to just read over you, and then we're going to have a time of, of, to just respond to the word that's been given this morning, if that's okay. Here's the prayer. And if you want to make this your own, you can. Father, I trust the leadership of your son. I surrender my life completely to the purpose for which you created me. Help me to trust that where you guide, you provide. Help me discern the gentle nudges and promptings of your Holy Spirit. Even when circumstances get difficult, I resolve to keep my eyes fixed upon Jesus. For you are worthy of every sacrifice. I love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? And here's, here's what I feel like is an appropriate response this morning. If, if the ministry team can come up and just be available for prayer in the front right now. There's, there's three responses that I want to extend to you this morning. Three invitations. Number one, as I was praying... Um, in Acts chapter 2, it says that there were flames on the heads of those who received the Holy Spirit. And 
I just, I want to invite you, if you feel like you need a fresh outpouring of the Spirit in your life, if you feel like you, okay, I was going to defer to the, the spiritual authority. I didn't know what he was doing. Okay. I was ready to defer. <laughs> if you feel like you just need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit this morning, if you're like, man, I just feel so dry. I feel like I've been walking through a desert for so long, and I just need that river of living water to begin to flow in me and flow through me again. I want to extend an opportunity for you to come and to receive and partner with and agree with someone on the prayer team this morning. Number two, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you, if you came this morning and you're like, I've never fully surrendered to Jesus. I've never received the salvation and the freedom from sin that is fully available to those who just simply say, I, I believe that you are the Son of God and I receive the free gift of grace and salvation that's available to me by Jesus' sacrifice. If you want to receive that this morning, this invitation is for you. And number three, if you are needing healing in your body, if you need something, if maybe there's a chronic illness and you've given up on it, you said, God, there's nothing at all, there's nothing at all that I can ever do, but you feel something stirring in you. Maybe it's a, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's a chronic liver disease. Maybe it's a, an intellectual disability. If there's something that, that the doctors have written off and said, there's nothing we can do about this, I'm here to tell you that nothing is impossible with God. If you desire to receive healing in your body, this invitation is for you. And so as the band plays this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. Lord, we love you, and may we respond appropriately, and may we each and every one of us walk out of this place having received exactly what it is we need from you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.